We welcome all who gather with us today at St. Anne's here in Washington, D.C. on this 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time and to all those who join us in the pews as our numbers gradually increase and hopefully one day with a lot of prayer, patience, and good work, we will return together in full number. Until then, we are gathered together, as they say, in these challenging times. And today I'd like to make a distinction for a few moments between stress and distress. Because I think a lot of us are living out these days with distress. Stressful, perhaps too full of stress becomes distress. Oh, there's a healthy sense of stress, of course, yes. We, we stress our bodies and exercise. We stress our minds as we learn at school. We stress as we work. Just getting up can be stressful for some. We go about our day, and all of that is part of the routine of stress. But how much stress can you take? See, I think a lot of us are attuning our minds. We've set the antenna of our mind that listens to a lot of stuff going on in the world, in our nation, in our city. And all those channels that we're tuning into in the media, the press, conversations, just the whole tenor can be so overwhelming. And if we attune to it too much, stressful, negative voices, critical voices, angry voices, then this can become distress. And with that, Unawares, so often, we get caught up into that vortex, that storm of voices which is not of God. It's not the voice of God. That's why it's so important that we come away at least once a week to respect the Sabbath day, the holy day, of an obligation, not because it's an unnecessary rule, it's absolutely necessary that we turn off the world for a moment. We turn off those voices, we turn off that antenna and turn on another one. And we listen to this voice, the voice of God in his holy word, and we attend to him on this altar of sacrifice and refocus and reset and recreate and retreat. Very, very important. The Lord knows that in our psyche because we all know that by living in the world, and especially here in Washington, where there's so much going on, 
Just consider the perfect storm of 2020, my gosh, with all the things that are going on. Can you take one more event? Could you take another event right now to add to that list? COVID, an election year, the debates, this, that, the economy, racism, protests. Oh my gosh, just to name a few. And if you attend to that once again, thinking about all that and thinking about it way too much, look what happens. Watch your own experience. If not yours, perhaps someone else's. They get wrapped up into it. It's like a hurricane. And they're thrown around. And they get confused and frustrated, impatient, angry, rude, nasty. Those conversations, I'm sure, have been going on. You either have them or you've been listening to them. And again, attuning too much to it causes distress. It may even cause anxiety, a lot of anxiety, or depression, or both, or despair. It's kind of like people who always see the glass half empty. Do you know people like that? You can say, what an absolutely beautiful day today in Washington, right? Which it is. And their response is, well, tomorrow it's going to rain. Or, aren't you excited about the fall? It's coming, such a beautiful time of year. Winter's around the corner. It's my birthday today. Yeah, well, tomorrow it won't be. They're always on the downside. Raise your hands if you know someone like that. Yeah. A lot of people. Now, what causes that? Well, maybe many things. Maybe they're disturbed by things. I think they are. They can't see the joy in life. Everything has become so dark. They see conspiracy everywhere. They see the negative. They see problems. and The joy has been taken out of their lives. They're not at peace. They're rude, they're nasty, and they're negative. I don't like people like that, do you? Now, some people do. They love to talk about the negative. It stirs the pot. It makes it wonderful to talk about bad news because there's so much of it to talk about. But what it does to you, and you know that from experience, it just raises your blood pressure, for one makes you anxious. You probably get into upset and angry discussions with people and you find yourself at the end of the day, oh, why did I say that? Why am I thinking that? And why am I feeling so Ugh. Well, St. Paul gives us an insight into this in today's second reading. He's preaching to the early church in Philippi. So he's in Syria and Macedonia and Greece and Rome. He's going all over with these letters and he's saying to them in the early church, which is experiencing tremendous persecution, 
tremendous persecution. He's saying, brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all. Okay? If you attune too much to the world and all that's going on around you, those circumstances, what will happen is your anxiety goes up. And you begin to get afraid. And you begin to ruminate about the end. And you get worried. Well, the early Christians had some legitimate claim to that. They were being persecuted for their faith. Persecuted for their religion. You wonder if times have changed much. And he's saying, have no anxiety at all. So what's the antidote to this? He says, have no anxiety at all, but in everything, with thanksgiving. In other words, it's so easy to make the list of all the things that are going wrong. Because when you attend to all the things that are going wrong in the world, that's your list. That's what you're aware of. You're, you're, you're focused on that stuff. And he says, no, the antidote to that is another list. Your blessings. Thanksgiving for what I have. And that's not always easy to to think about when you're so attuned to the other stuff, you're not attuned to this side of the equation that says, oh my God, there are so many wonderful persons, places and things, the ble- I have the mass. I think one of the greatest experiences we've all had as Catholics is during those early months of COVID, we were closed. And how many of you wrote me or expressed, oh, I miss our Lord. I miss being here. I want to receive him again. And this went on for weeks and months. It was hard. You were aware of the blessing of your faith, the blessing of your parish, the blessing of this church, the blessing of the sacraments. And you were shut out. And maybe you felt persecuted. And you worried. But you missed him. And you made that on your list. You say, I love him so much. Reflect on that blessing now. And never take it for granted. Never take your faith for granted. These are beautiful things. You start making that list with thanksgiving. And then, says St. Paul... What happens next? Gradually, as you live a life of thanksgiving, anger dissipates. And in its place comes peace. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard. Then the God of peace will be with you. So we move from distress to thanksgiving. And with a thankful, grateful heart comes peace. 
joy. It's a very simple equation, but it takes time and practice. And we can reflect on that and feel good about that here, and then once you get back in your cars and start walking home, and tomorrow is another day in Washington, and you can slip right back into the old practice. But to keep alive every day, gratitude. Gratitude. And isn't the Mass essentially that? Eucharist. In Greek, eucharistia means thanksgiving. The great act of thanksgiving. The night before he died, what did Jesus do first at the Last Supper before breaking the bread? He gave thanks. Oh, he could have focused on all the things that were going on around his time. A victim. You talk about a victim. The one who can claim to be a victim perfectly. Did he do that? No. Did he say, it's so unfair what they're doing to me? No. Did he blame them? And say, I'm going to get even with you. Was he angry? No. I mean, of all the things, if I were in that situation, under those circumstances, do you know how mad I'd be? How angry, rude, nasty. He didn't do that. You say, well, he, he's perfect. Uh, don't, don't dismiss him that way. Don't dismiss him that way. Jesus didn't get to that point of accepting this overnight. This took a long time for him in his human nature his human nature to accept. In fact, even on the cross, he would say, Father, why have you abandoned me to all of this stuff? But he goes deeper in trust and says, Thy will be done. I'm going to make that leap of trust. I'm going to move from distress to gratitude. And he gives thanks. And the Mass imitates that. The great act of thanksgiving, the Eucharist, is all about that. Notice when the priest says, the Lord be with you, and you say, and with your spirit, lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give, let me hear you say it, thanks. Now, don't just let those words kind of spill off because it's rote or routine. Mean what you say. Say what you mean. Believe what you have learned. Go on doing what you have learned and received and heard. Then the God of peace will be with you. So in the midst of all that, let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And then the priest says what? It is right and just, Heavenly Father, that we give you thanks and praise. It is right and just. What we owe God, the justice we owe him, is gratitude, thanks. This is very important, friends. This is very important for your spiritual salvation to always give thanks to the Lord for the goodness he has done. And it's amazing. He sent his only son 
Don't take that one for granted either. And don't take her for granted either, who made it all happen in his human nature. And don't take a priesthood for granted. Don't take this church for granted. Don't take your religion for granted. There are people in this world that are persecuted every day and martyrs every day because the world hates them. We are so lucky, perhaps even blessed. Okay, then after that, look at the Mass as it continues. After the Our Father, what does the priest say? Deliver us, O Lord, from every evil. Now, under that, you could say anxieties, fears, doubts, ruminations, anger, all the evil and the evil of the world. Deliver us, O Lord, from every evil and grant us peace in our days. Okay, so we're moving from moving the distress and then by your mercy, keep us free from all distress. And then after that, the peace of the Lord be with you and with your spirit. So there's this movement in the Mass that models St. Paul's letter. Dismiss the anxiety, gratitude, thanksgiving, peace. It's a very interesting movement. It's a beautiful orchestra of truth. And that may be one antidote that we all need as a vaccine spiritually to get us through this. And we will, by his grace. Do you know why? Because he is the vaccine to our souls, the peace we all need and long for.